It's the 11th day of May. Let's read the Bible. Well, friends, here we are in the month of May. We're coming to the very end of 2 Samuel. More about that in a moment. I want to say again how much I appreciate the comments that you are making. I try to read all of them. I can't respond to everyone, but here's a couple that came in uh, not too long ago. Someone said, wow, all you need now is a TikTok channel. You are not square. Well, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know enough about TikTok, and I have plenty of social media, but I thank you for telling me that I'm not square. Not everyone, perhaps, would agree with that. Uh, and somebody else said, I really appreciate these daily readings. Thank you. I repost them at least twice, sometimes on a third website. You are certainly free to do that. If you want to take the Facebook link or the YouTube link or the Rumble link and repost it anywhere on your own social media, anywhere you have access, and we can get the message out to so many more people. And then finally, someone said, I just want to thank you again for reading the word of God to us. Well, thank you for following along. It's like having a godly grandfather reading and explaining the word to us with wisdom and knowledge. And this person says, we appreciate you, sir. Well, may I say right back at you, I appreciate your support, your prayers, and your words of encouragement. Now today, last two chapters of 2 Samuel, these are in chapter 23, <clears throat> the last words of David. 2 Samuel 23, these are the last words of David, the declaration of David, son of Jesse, the declaration of the man raised on high, the one anointed by the God of Jacob. This is the most delightful of Israel's songs. The Spirit of the Lord spoke through me. His word was on my tongue. The God of Israel spoke. The rock of Israel said to me, the one who rules the people with justice, who rules in the fear of God, is like the morning light when the sun rises on a cloudless morning, the glisten of rain on sprouting grass. Is it not true? My house is with God. For he established a permanent covenant with me, ordered and secured in every detail. Will he not bring about my whole salvation and my every desire? But all the wicked are like thorns raked aside. They can never be picked up by hand. The man who touches them must be armed with iron and the shaft of a spear. They will be completely burned up on the spot. These are the names of David's warriors. Josheb, Basabeth, the Takimonite, was chief of the officers. He wielded his spear against 800 men that he killed at one time. After him, Eliezer, son of Dodo, son of an Ahohite, was among the three warriors with David when they defied the Philistines. The men of Israel retreated in the place they had gathered for battle, but Eliezer stood his ground and attacked the Philistines until his hand was tired and stuck to his sword. The Lord brought about a great victory that day. Then the troops came back to him, but only to plunder the dead. After him was Shammah, son of Agi, the Herorite. The Philistines had assembled in formation where there was a field full of lentils, a bean field. The troops fled from the Philistines, but Shammah took his stand in the middle of the field, defended it, and struck down the Philistines. So the Lord brought about a great victory. Three of the 30 leading warriors went down at harvest time and came to David at the cave of Adullam, while a company of Philistines was camping in the Rephaim Valley. At that time, David was in the stronghold, and a Philistine garrison was at Bethlehem. David was extremely thirsty and said, If only someone would bring me water to drink from the well at the city gate of Bethlehem. So three of the warriors broke through the Philistine camp and drew water from the well at the gate of Bethlehem. They brought it back to David, but he refused to drink it. Instead, he poured it out to the Lord. David said, Lord, I would never do such a thing. Is this not the blood of men who risk their lives? 
so he refused to drink it. Such were the exploits of the three warriors. Abishai, Joab's brother and son of Zeruah, was leader of the three. He wielded his spear against 300 men and killed them, gaining a reputation among the three. Was he not more honored than the three? He became their commander, even though he did not become one of the three. Benaiah, son of Jehoiada, was the son of a brave man from Kabzeel, a man of many exploits. Benaiah killed two sons of Ariel of Moab, and he went down into a pit on a snowy day and killed a lion. He also killed an Egyptian, an impressive man. Even though the Egyptian had a spear in his hand, Benaiah went down to him with a staff, snatched the spear out of the Egyptian's hand, and then killed him with his own spear. These were the exploits of Benaiah, son of Jehoiada, who had a reputation among the three warriors. He was the most honored of the thirty, but he did not become one of the three. David put him in charge of his bodyguard. Among the thirty were Joab's brother Asahel, Elhanan, son of Dodo of Bethlehem, Shammah the Herodite, Elika the Herodite, Helez the Paltite, Ira, son of Ikesh the Tekoite, Abiezer the Anathothite, Mabunai the Hushaite, Satanzalmon the Ahohite, Merari the Netophthite, Helib son of Baana the Netophthite, Ittai son of Ribai from Gibeah of the Benjaminites, Benaiah the Pyronothite, Hidai from the Wadis of Gaash, Abi Alban the Arbathite, Asmaveth the Bahumite, Eliah, Eliaba the Sheel Bonite, the sons of Jason, Jonathan, son of Shammah the Herorite, Ahiam, son of Sherar the Herorite, Eliphalet, son of Ahasbite, son of the Maakathite, Eliam, son of Ahithophel, the Gilonite, Hezro, the Carmelite, the Arite, the Arbite, Egal, son of Nathan from Zobah, Bani, the Gadite, Zelek, the Ammonite, Naharai, the Be'erothite, the armor-bearer for Joab, son of Zeruai, Ira, the Ithrite, Gareb, the Ithrite, and Uriah, the Hittite. There were 37 in all. Now, 2 Samuel 24, last chapter in the book. The Lord's anger burned against Israel again, and he stirred up David against them to say, Go, count the people of Israel and Judah. So the king said to Joab, the commander of his army, go through all the tribes of Israel from Dan to Beersheba and register the troops so I can know their number. Joab remind, replied to the king, may the Lord your God multiply the troops a hundred times more than they are while my Lord the king looks on. But why does my Lord the king want to do this? Yet the king's order prevailed over Joab and the commanders of the army. So Joab and the commanders of the army left the king's presence to register the troops of Israel. They crossed the Jordan and camped in Aro Air, south of the town in the middle of the valley then proceeded toward Gad and Jazer. They went to Gilead and to the land of the Hittites and continued on to Danjaon and around to Sidon. They went to the fortress of Tyre and all the cities of the Hivites and Canaanites. Afterward, they went to the Negev of Judah at Beersheba. When they had gone through the whole land, they returned to Jerusalem at the end of nine months and twenty days. Joab gave the king the total of the registration of the troops. There were 800,000 valiant armed men from Israel and 500,000 men from Judah. David's conscience troubled him after he had taken a census of the troops. He said to the Lord, I have sinned greatly in what I have done. Now, Lord, because I've been very foolish, please take away your servant's guilt. When David got up in the morning, the word of the Lord had come to the prophet Gad, David's seer. 
Go and say to David, this is what the Lord says. I am offering you three choices. Choose one of them and I will do it for you. So Gad went to David, told him the choices and asked him, do you want three years of famine to come on your land, to flee from your foes three months while they pursue you, or to have a plague in your land three days? Now consider carefully what answer I should take back to the one who sent me. David answered Gad, I have great anxiety. Please let us fall into the Lord's hands because his mercies are great, but don't let me fall into human hands. So the Lord sent a plague on Israel from that morning until the appointed time. And from Dan to Beersheba, 70,000 men died. Then the angel extended his hand toward Jerusalem to destroy it. But the Lord relented concerning the destruction and said to the angel who was destroying the people, Enough! Withdraw your hand now. The angel of the Lord was then at the threshing floor of Aaron of the Jebusite. When David saw the angel striking the people, he said to the Lord, Look, I am the one who has sinned. I am the one who has done wrong. But these sheep, what have they done? Please let your hand be against me and my father's family. God came to David that day and said to him, Go up and set up an altar to the Lord on the threshing floor of Arana the Jebusite. David went up in obedience to God's Gad's command, just as the Lord had commanded. Arana looked down and saw the king and his servants coming toward him. So he went out and paid homage to the king with his face to the ground. Arana said, Why has my lord the king come to his servant? David replied, to buy the threshing floor from you in order to build an altar to the Lord, so the plague on the people may be halted. Arana said to David, My lord the king may take whatever he wants and offer it. Here are the oxen for a burnt offering and the threshing sledges and oak yoke, ox yokes for the wood. Your majesty, Arana gives everything here to the king. Then he said to the king, May the Lord your God accept you. The king answered Arana, No, I insist on buying it from you for a price. For I will not offer to the Lord my God burnt offerings that cost me nothing. David bought the threshing floor and the oxen for 20 ounces of silver. He built an altar to the Lord there and offered burnt offerings and fellowship offerings. Then the Lord was receptive to prayer for the land and the plague on Israel ended. We have come now, having read our way all the way through to the end of 2 Samuel. We end on a high point. I will not offer to the Lord my God burnt offerings that cost me nothing. Ron was exactly right. He's the king. He could take what he wanted. But he said, I won't take the land or the oxen without paying for them. I'm not going to offer anything to God that costs me nothing. It's a good rule of life, isn't it? We shouldn't treat God as if he's an afterthought. We shouldn't think that everything else is taken care of. And then, Lord, We'll make an offering to you. Then we'll speak up that we shouldn't. We should never say, "I'm going to, I'm going to delay my obedience until all my ducks are in a row." Who created those ducks anyway? Who gave you your life, your health, your strength, your 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 breath? Who did that? God did. David is exactly right here. Understand, it was wrong of him to uh, order a census of the soldiers. He was doing it, I think, for understandable yet wrong motives he should have just trusted in the lord but once the once the penalty had been exacted he wanted to make an offering and he wanted to pay for it well god bless david let us then go about today completely yielded to the lord and let's never say i'll obey god later no do what is right today obey god today walk in the steps of our lord today and you will be blessed that's the end of second samuel come back tomorrow we're not going right to First Kings. We're going back to the book of Psalms for the next few days, reading 
15 of the Psalms together over the next four or five days. God bless you, friends. Go out and have a great day. Come back tomorrow. We'll do this again.